Hello and welcome to Super Chats. My name is Gina and I'm part of the team at Qantas Super. We know Super can be complicated, so with Super Chats, we want to demystify superannuation for you. And today, we're looking at what happens to your Super when you die. Before we get started, I have to give you a disclaimer to let you know that the information in this podcast is general information only. That means it does not take into account your personal objectives, situation or needs, and it may not be applicable to members across all divisions. Before making a decision about Qantas Super or any superannuation fund, consider your financial needs and read the member disclosure documents applicable to your membership. Now, Super is designed to help you accumulate savings for retirement, but it also has a couple of other functions. For example, the provision of insurance through super is there to make sure that if something happens to you and you can't work, you have the funds to keep going. Now, if the worst happens and you pass away, your super is also designed to help provide some security for the people you leave behind. When you die, the value of your benefit may differ based on whether you have insurance cover for death. If you do, your benefit will be the balance of your super account plus the amount of death cover that you have. For example, if the balance of my account is currently $100,000 and I have $400,000 worth of death cover, the value of my benefit if I die will be $500,000. If you don't have cover for death, your benefit would just be the balance of your super account. Now, if you're in a defined benefit division, then your benefit is calculated as a formula, which is either the same as or greater than your current benefit, depending on your age. So who can this money go to if you pass away? To explain it all to us, I'm joined by Emma Brody, Qantas Super's Head of Plan Operations. Hello, Emma. Hi, Gina. Now, Head of Plan Operations. Sounds complicated. What does it actually involve? Good questions. Yes, these people with titles, what do they actually do? <clears throat> so um, looking after the plan operations of Qantas Super essentially boils down to managing the relationships with our plan administrator, which is MRSA, and our insurers, um, which is now MetLife, but previously was MLC. So anything and everything to do with how benefits are calculated, paid, any problems that come up, um, complaints, etc., is all under what I do at Qantas Super. So just a little bit to do then. <laughs> <laughs> just a bit. I have a team that helps me. It's not just me. <laughs> and you've also had a uh, a long history at Qantas Super. So you've mm. been here a number of years, but previously um, worked on the plan before as well. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So I've been at Qantas Super for nine years. Um, and before that, I was at a company called Russell Investments. Um, and I was something called an actuary, which is a sort of a technical <laughs> technical thing. Um, and basically, my main client was Qantas Super. So I kind of jumped the fence to become um, the client rather than the consultant and um, very much enjoy working here. Yeah. And I can tell everyone that all of that means um, I can personally verify that if there's a, quant- uh, a question about Qantas Super, Emma can usually answer it. <laughs> She has to put up with a lot of questions from me and many other people. (laughs) Okay, so when it comes to beneficiaries, um, you have a lot to do in this area and looking at how um, 
you know, money might be paid out to members when something happens. So you're the perfect person to talk to when it comes to this. Um, yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about at a high level um, what you do in this area and what it sort of involves? Sure. So, yeah, so another part of my role um, is reviewing where the money goes to. Um, if if someone unfortunately passes away um, and we work out who actually should should get the money, um, a lot of times it's quite straightforward, um, goes to the person's spouse more often than not. But there are times when it can get quite tricky um, and at the extreme, which we'll go into a bit later, is if there's disputes uh, from the family members and then that gets quite quite involved. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at the times that it could be straightforward when members have done what they can do, which is, well, you tell me, who can my super go to? <laughs> so under, under super law, um, only people with specific relationships to you are seen as um, valid dependents that you can actually nominate to receive your benefit. So we can only pay to certain people. We can't just pay to er- anyone. And we call these people your, your beneficiaries. And broadly, there's four types of people that you can nominate. Firstly, there's your spouse. That can be your Uh, someone you're married to, de facto, same-sex relationship, and anything like that. The second type of dependent is a child. can be your your biological child, a stepchild, adopted child, or your partner or spouse's child as well. The third type of dependent is called a financial dependent, which um, means a person wholly or partly financially dependent on you. So, for example, someone you regularly give money to or who you regularly pay for some of their bills um, or costs. Lastly, there's a type of dependent called an interdependent. Now, this is quite a specific type. Again, under the law, there's a specific definition. And it's essentially someone who you live with in a close personal relationship where one or both of you provide financial support and domestic support or personal care. And there's some other specifics to that, but it's it's quite a sort of limiting uh, definition there. So it wouldn't just be, you know, if I've got a housemate, yeah, that's right. That's a really good example of people often thinking, oh, well, I, I live with, you know, my friend, so they count as an independent, interdependent. But you really need that dual relationship of providing domestic support and financial support and care, as well as just the fact that you're sharing a house. Yeah. And with all of those types of dependents, so that's a dependent under superannuation law. When thinking about nominating someone, you should also think about the, the tax aspect of it. And one thing to note with all of these types of dependents is that sometimes those dependents are subject to tax. So that means when we pay the benefit, it has to be taxed before the benefit um, is received. And adult children fall into that category of being subject to tax, whereas, for example, your spouse does not. Whether they're financially dependent on you or not, um, no tax applies to, to payments to a spouse. So at the moment, I don't think that I have anyone to nominate that would fit in any of those categories. So how would I go about directing where my super would go? Yeah, great question. Because often people don't. They're not married, they're not in a relationship. And who do they give it to? They want to maybe give it to their parents or their you know, friends, uh, the cat's home, you know, yeah. all of those sorts of things. Now, you can't do that directly directly. 
under superannuation law because none of those would fit as being a dependent. But what you can do is put those wishes into your will and then nominate your legal personal representative. That's the legal executor of your will or the person responsible for your estate when you die and you nominate that person um, in your superannuation form. And then that means if you do die, then your benefit is paid in accordance with your will through that means. Now, it's really important to note, because this is a really common thing that people get aren't quite sure about, is that your superannuation is paid separately to your will. So even if you do include your super in your will, the super fund isn't obligated to pay your benefit in accordance with it unless you've made a certain type of nomination. So that means if if I put my super in my will and say, you know, I want half paid to the cats and dogs home, half paid to my parents, um, but I haven't nominated my legal personal representative Mm -hmm. um, on my beneficiary form, then what's in my will does not count. That's right. So if you, you know, quite a common case we have is where someone hasn't made a nomination at all for their super, they've made a will and they think, well, I've made a will and my will covers my super, so that's all I need to do. I don't need to worry about telling Qantas Super my nomination or anything like that. But actually, that means nothing to us. I mean, we do take those things into consideration if someone hasn't made a nomination. But again, under law, we we cannot and we're not obliged to follow uh, what's in the will. Yeah. So key point, make a nomination. So, okay, we we now know we need to make a nomination um, and who we could possibly nominate. How do we actually do it? What types of nominations could someone make? Yeah, so there's two types of nominations. One's called a non-binding nomination. And this basically, what that means is it gives us a guide to who you'd like to receive your super, but it's not legally binding. So we will take it into account, any nomination that's non-binding, but we're not obligated to follow it. So you might think, well, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you follow what, what I've put there? So the advantage of a non-binding nomination is that if your circumstances change since you made that nomination, then we will look at that as well. And we'll go, oh, it's, it looks like it's out of date. It was made 20 years ago and, and things have happened since then. So we'll, we'll take that into account. So that's the non-binding. The other type is a binding nomination. Now, with this one, if you tell us the beneficiaries and do it as a binding nomination, then we are legally obligated to carry out your wishes. So it's it's the opposite of a non-binding. However, it must be a valid nomination. And so what that means is you have to nominate a dependent, which we talked about earlier. It has to fit in one of those four types or you can nominate your legal personal representative. If it's not valid, then it means we we will still look at it, but again, we're not obligated. So we'll kind of treat it like a non-binding nomination. So the advantage of a binding nomination is that it makes it much easier for your family, to be honest, you know, because it can. it's a much more straightforward process all we have to do is check that it's a valid nomination so that they those dependents actually are still dependents and or your legal representative, you know, you do have a will and then we can pay it. There's no, it avoids any disputes or any issues as well. 
Okay, and you said before, you know, a, a non-binding nomination could have been there for 20 years. Does a binding nomination also last forever? Mm, good, good question. Um, so with Kwana Super, the binding nomination only lasts for three years. So it has to be up to date every three years. And, and we put that in place to make sure that it stays up to date. So if you're situation changes so a good example is you know maybe initially you nominated your spouse and then you know a few years later you have children you might want to change what you've nominated there you may you may not equally you know you may have a new partner in the future and so want to to update uh, your your nomination for that situation change okay so why is it so important to have a valid up-to-date nomination whether it's binding or non-binding in place? So really to give us a good idea of who you want your your money to go to and being up to date. So, you know, obviously we've spoken about binding, you have to keep it up to date, but also with a non-binding nomination, you know, if if we have a, if you do it when you join Qantas and we know people work at Qantas for a long time, you know, 20 years later, it's still the same nomination it doesn't have much value anymore to us because we're like, well, have the che- you know, has it could have changed over that time? A lot of things happens in twenty years, for example. So it's really important to keep it up to date for for all the reasons you know I mentioned before. Because your situation changes, and the the more recent the nomination, the more weight we can put on it if it's a non-binding uh, nomination as well to to determine um, should we follow that that nomination. So what might happen if um, a member doesn't have a valid up-to-date nomination in place? So if if they don't have one, then we will go through the process to see what's the best outcome given the information we do know. So we'll look at any nominations we have, even if they're old. We'll look at the person's will we look to see what beneficiaries there there are. That's part of the process. Um, what potential dependents do they have in place? And ultimately, so we, we go through all that process to determine who it should be and, and make a recommendation. But in certain situations, luckily this doesn't happen too often, but when it does, we, we can have a dispute, which basically means various people in your life may come forward claiming actually I should have got that benefit I was told that I would get that you know information even though we don't um, have it written down anywhere and that means it's Qantas Super's responsibility to investigate all of those claims and ultimately determine who the money um, should go to so it can get very tricky and, and quite emotional as well um, obviously it's a you know it's a difficult time anyway so having those disputes just just makes it really tough on the family so you know all of those are good reasons to avoid and to keep your nomination as up to date as possible yeah and that I imagine would be quite a um, you know it could be emotional for you and, and our team and directors to to sort of have mm. to consider all these things for a family and, and group of people that you know you're, you're trying to make the right decision with the best interests of 
everyone at heart, but it's it's hard yeah. when it's not your family. Exactly. Like you don't know. Exactly right. We we don't know these people. Um, you know, we, we're going th- from written documents that we read. You know, we will speak to the beneficiaries, but we don't know them. We don't know the history and all of that. So exactly right. We, we want to do the best. Our duty is to, you know, pay the benefit appropriately to to the the beneficiaries and and make sure we pay it to a valid person, as in a dependent or or to the estate. But it's difficult, yeah. It, it can can get tricky as well. And I, I'm sure you would say that while our team and, and directors and everyone who would make this decision are very thoughtful, lovely people, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, every member would be like, well, I don't want these strangers making decisions yes. about who my money goes to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think most people wouldn't realise that that could possibly happen, um, particularly if you have a... A more complicated family situation. So, you know, if you've you've got, for example, you know, multiple marriages or, you know, children from different relationships, new partners, all of that, those are the thing those are the situations that typically cause the disputes. And yes, it, it is it's really difficult sometimes trying to work out what would the person have wanted. Um, you know, if they've not left a will, they've not left a beneficiary. We have no idea what what they were thinking about. We can only go by what other people are telling us. So it's it's very difficult. Well, thank you, Emma, for taking the time to come in and, and explain all of that to us. I'll get into in a minute how you can make a beneficiary nomination through our website so Emma doesn't have to have those difficult situations. But I'll say thank you, Emma, so much for for joining us today. No problem at all. Thanks, Gina. Now let's look at how you can make a nomination. To make a non-binding nomination, just log into your Qantas Super account online and click the icon of the person next to your name. Then click Personal Details and hit Beneficiaries. To make a binding nomination, you can visit qantasupercomau forward slash beneficiaries. Then you can fill out the form online and print it. You can either print it yourself or have us print it and send it to you. Then you've got to sign it yourself and have two people aged over 18 witness your signature, making sure they witness and sign the form on the same date as you've signed it. The people who witness it can't be nominated as beneficiaries. Then the last step is sending it back to us at the address you'll find at the bottom of the form. If you've asked us to print it and send it to you, you'll have a reply paid envelope there for you as well. As always, if you'd like to know more or have any questions about your super, you can chat to a super advisor one-on-one by booking an appointment on our website, quantasupercomau forward slash advice. You can also come see our team at the Qantas Super Hub at Mascot Campus, which is open five days a week, or check when they're coming to your workplace at quantasupercomau forward slash advice. You can also request that the team visit your base by filling out the form to request a visit on that webpage. That's all for this episode. We'll catch you next time.